0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what is going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, your Wednesday, and your Friday morning podcast. It is Wednesday. Happy hump day, everyone. And I really hate what I'm going to have to talk about on this podcast today. It's not that it's the Steelers. It's the topic in general. It is not football-related necessarily. There are connections, but it's not really... Football related, And I hate, 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 hate the fact that here we are on Wednesday before the Steelers' first regular season game this Sunday, September 11th, in that dump of a town, Cincinnati, Ohio, to play the Bengals, and I'm talking about non-football related stuff. Nonetheless, unlike all the other podcasts that only run once a week, I'm the one that does it three days a week. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, you've got me on Let's Ride. My Ride or Die crew, you know it. The elite Ride or Die crew know it. Those that listened on Monday, even though they didn't have to work, or if they did anyways. You all are the elite. Let's just put it that way. But still, I'm the one that has to cover like the news. I'm the one that has to cover the hot topics. I'm the one that has to kind of keep my finger on the pulse of Steeler Nation and discuss some of these things, even sometimes when I don't really want to. So, that's one of those, one of these days, but I am, there's a rant coming up here, before we get to the rant, I want to remind you of a couple things, okay, the homage giveaway, we are going to do it, but I'm going to bump it to next week, things are just, it's, I have to get into the regular season mode, I'm not the only one, we're just going to bump it to next week, be on the lookout, we're going to involve multiple podcasts, you're going to have trivia questions to answer, you're going to have to follow homage on social media, follow behind the steel curtain, which I'm sure all of you do anyways, and At the end of the week, those that have the right answer, first person to do it, they will win that gear. It could be your choice of two t shirts, a sweatshirt, or even a gift card. It's up to you. Check it out at homage.com, though, beforehand, just so you have a good feel for what they offer. Really good stuff. And also, make sure this Friday, this Friday, my DraftKings three leg parlay is going to be live. We'll talk about that on the show on Friday. And we're going to give you, I'm going to give you my very first parlay of the year via the DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure you get that sportsbook if you're in an area that does have legalized mobile gambling. All right, let's talk about some news. Mike Tomlin on Tuesday, he was in front of the podium, but before Mike Tomlin even got up there, the Steelers released their captains, and there really weren't any surprises except for maybe one. So on defense, you had Cam Hayward and TJ Watt. No surprise. I mean, some might say, where's Minka? You can't have three. They're clearly doing five. Two offense, two defense, and a special teams. So Cam and TJ are the guys. I get it. It's what it is. Moving along. Offensively. Well, you know, Mike Tomlin was trying to pull the old, well, we're not sure which quarterback's going to be our quarterback, blah, 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 all that stuff. And then they named Mitch Trubisky a captain. I, I just... I'm sorry, but I'm not buying what you're selling if you're telling us that and I get the gamesmanship. I really do. Let's make Cincinnati prepare for both quarterbacks till the last possible minute. But when you release your captains on Monday, and Mitch Trubisky is one of them, that kind of gives you a an inkling as to who's going to be the starter. So Mitch Trubisky, Najee Harris, in only his second year is an offensive captain. And we kind of saw that coming as well. So no, no real surprises, none. The surprise for me was that Miles Killebrew, miles killabrew who is a very good special teams player very good special teams player was the special teams captain the only surprise here is what about boz what about boswell what about wizard of boz chris boswell the last surviving member of the killer b era where's he he's been a captain before but hasn't been in the last couple years just got that new contract extension in the grand scheme of things it doesn't matter you know, you don't have to be a, a labeled a captain to be a leader. I think that's been made clear numerous occasions throughout the years. But still, the captains are set. There you go. I'll say it again. Cam and TJ, Mitch and Najee, and then Miles Killebrew with special teams. They're your five captains for the 2022 season. So the speculation season, I mean, I, there were times on our Slack channel and even on Twitter I felt like this was – We were gearing up for the new league year. Everyone was speculating, speculating on who might the Steelers approach in in free agency or the draft or whatever the the offseason moment is, based on the fact that Art Rooney II was having a press conference. It was ridiculous. Everyone's speculating on, are they going to bring in a new coach? Is there going to be a new sponsorship? Is Heinz going to come back with the Heinz red zone? Are they going to bring the ketchup bottles back? It was tiresome just reading some of this stuff. It, everyone was like, what's going on? I was, okay, here's what happened. Really cool moment, actually. They announced that Franco Harris's number 32 is going to be retired. The third retired number in franchise history. Ernie Stotner's number 70, obviously, was the first retired number. Then Mean Joe Green, 75. And on Christmas Eve, when the Las Vegas Raiders come to Pittsburgh in that 50th anniversary Of the Immaculate Reception, it'll be when they retire number 32, the first offensive player to have his number retired. Kudos to Franco Harris. It's a well-deserving honor. I know that Art Rooney II said this in his press conference, but I'm going to reiterate it. It's something his grandfather, the Chief, said. He said, we didn't win a lot before Franco, but after we got Franco, we didn't lose very much. So kudos to Franco Harris. He gave a really great uh speech i guess you want to call it that is acceptance speech i I don't even know what you would call that when your number gets retired and they have a press conference but still it was a great press conference go check it out on the steelers mobile app as well as on steelers.com check it out and uh yeah that was the big announcement that was the big announcement the last time they had an announcement like this was actually at st. Vincent college when they announced the retirement of joe green's number and so who was next i don't know we'll see injury update everyone time to update your injuries uh, Mike Tomlin did say that he's hoping that hopeful that Alex Highsmith will be ready to go this Sunday. He's expected to return and be ready to go. As for DJ Deontay Johnson, they're going to take a wait-and-see approach. He was limited on Monday. He just did some work on the side, was not a full participant. But that's not a regular practice. And what that means by regular practice is that it's not a reported practice. And Mike Tomlin even said this in his press conference when he said you got to check out the injury report on Wednesday. That's going to be your first indicator of if someone could or couldn't play. So I wouldn't be shocked to see Deontay Johnson's name on that list with a shoulder injury. might be the only injury really of note, but still, keep your eye out for that. Now, the topic of discussion here. In the topic of discussion for the last 24-plus hours has been about depth charts. Depth chart madness, and this is just kind of the tipping point to the topic of today's show, and that is that the Steelers are seemingly tripping over themselves heading into week one. Now, let me be very clear here. When I say the Steelers, I'm not necessarily talking about the players and the coaches. Sometimes I'm talking about the organization of itself. So when I tell the Steelers organization that they can go fly a kite, if I'm putting it nicely... Because they continually reject our requests at things like preseason game credentials. That's who I'm talking about. That has nothing to do with Mike Tomlin. That has nothing to do with, you know, Matt Canada, the quarterback situation, any of them. It's the organization. And the organization, at least from my perspective, they are tripping all over themselves heading into the regular season. So all, let's go back. Let's rewind the tape on Monday. Afternoon, the Steelers release their first depth chart of the regular season. This is something the NFL makes them do. Before I go any further, you have to understand that Mike Tomlin hates depth charts. He hates them. He's openly said that he hates them. So I take it with a grain of salt. I see that the Mitch Trubisky's one, no shock. Mason Rudolph's two. Okay, what's going on? Kenny Pickett's three. Now I'm like kind of wondering what the plan is here. Some are saying that Kenny Pickett's not going to play at all. Some are saying that Kenny Pickett's not even going to be active on game day. Everyone had their theories. Everyone had their theories. And then, at about 11 o'clock on Tuesday, one hour before the Mike Tomlin press conference, it gets released by Burt Lawton, the director of communications for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, we made a mistake. We made a mistake. The mistake was that Kenny Pickett should have been QB two, and Mason Rudolph should have been QB three. Our apologies. Here's the updated list. Here's the updated depth chart. Oh my gosh! You would think. I don't. I've, let's. I'm trying to get my mind right here as I try to explain this. So the the fan base freaked out. When the first depth chart came out and it was announced that Kenny Pickett was the third and last quarterback on the depth chart, they freaked out. Everyone was writing articles. Podcasts were talking about it. People on the radio were complaining about it. I mean, it was it was big news. And so then they reversed their field, field on this a little bit. And Mike Tomlin says in his press conference that it was a quote-unquote clerical error. One further question about it, he said it's a cut and paste error, meaning well you know that this was the this was the depth chart out of the preseason and they probably just forgot to change it. Okay. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it that almost 24 hours went by and while this was making news everywhere everywhere ESPN. The Athletic, Post-Gazette, Tribune Review, every single website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, had news about Kenny Pickett not being QB2 on the depth chart. Everyone. And then the Steelers somehow don't understand this. They don't see this. They're not hearing this. I don't buy it. I don't buy the clerical error, the cut and paste error. I could see that if it was an hour, they release it at four o'clock, five o'clock rolls around. Oh, wow. We, that's a mistake. We need to change that right away. Oh, yep. We updated the depth chart. Here's the new one. Our apologies. That's a clerical error. Almost 24 hours go by. No, 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 no. I'm not buying that. Now, you might wonder, and there's a lot of people on Twitter, as I was tweeting about this during the day, saying, well, what is the reason then, Jeff? What's the reason? I don't know what the reason is. I'm not about to speculate about what the reason is. But I do know that you don't make a mistake like that. Let it sit there for almost an entire day and then just brush it off as if it's some type of clerical error. The thing is, is this is is one of those self-inflicted distractions. And maybe, maybe that right in and of itself is what was done. For the next day, people like myself are not talking about the offensive line not being very good in the preseason. That They're not talking about the fact that the quarterback situation is... You know, in flux. They're not talking about the run defense and if it's good enough and if they'll be able to figure that out. They're not talking about Devin Bush and his ability to play the position at a high level in a contract year. What are they talking about? What am I talking about? I'm talking about something that isn't even related to football. Where these players are on the depth chart means nothing. Nothing. Let's go back to what I said earlier Mike Tomlin hates depth charts. Always has, always will. And he even said in his press conference, someone was asking about Levi Wallace, he, goes, he said, you all know how fluid the secondary is and how we're going to rotate these guys in. Just further explaining that these depth charts really are meaningless. They are meaningless. But like I said, if the purpose was to kind of detract away from some of the negative, the negative narratives, the negative storylines, well, that could be a positive. And if that was the case, job well done. Job well done. I'm not reading too much into this. I'm not thinking that somehow Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky were somehow conspiring, and Mike Tomlin even said it, that they, they knew what was going on. I. It's just something very weird about this, but here's what ultimately irks me the most. Instead of talking about football, instead of talking about the upcoming week one game and AFC North division rivalry, They haven't beaten the Bengals in the last three meetings. Instead of that, we're talking about clerical errors and snafus by the public relations team or by the coaching staff, whatever. I don't know. And then you go and you even compound it with the fact that the organization, I I don't understand how an organization struggles as much to just show a live stream of a press conference. And you look at, What happened on Tuesday, Mike Tomlin's press conference, I mean, talk about a snafu. Bob Pompiani and Missy Matthews, they don't know what's going on. They're thrust in front of the camera. Tomlin's speaking. No one knows what's happening. No one that's not in the facility is getting to watch it live. All this stuff is supposed to happen, and it just doesn't ever happen the way it should. Maybe other teams have these issues, but even in the preseason, I'm waiting on the Mike Tomlin press conference to show up on Twitter. It's not. It's still not. It's still not. This is just one of those things. Like I, I said this. I wrote this down because I wanted to make sure I remembered it. After the last 48 hours, it feels like Bob Nutting runs this team. He, like It feels like he bought this football team. If you don't know who Bob Nutting is, Bob Nutting is the owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates, the guy that has been known to be an unbelievable – he's a cheapskate. In every sense of the word, and not just with the Pirates, with every every possible business venture he's ever had, he will be as cheap as possible. That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. You know that the Steelers were supposed to have Art Rooney II and Franco streaming live on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, every live streaming possible platform didn't have it once. You had to watch it and replay And, and in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But for people like myself, and I'm sure there's plenty of you out there, you want to watch it live, you want to hear Mike Tomlin live answer these questions, you can get to see it. Didn't get to see it. You know, so here we are. I I told myself, Jeff, do not end this Wednesday podcast leading up to the first game without talking about football in the first half. So here we go. The Steelers and Bengals. We are going to break this down every which way and sideways on the Friday show. I mentioned the parlay by DraftKings Sportsbook. Going to be coming up. Make sure you check that out. But still, Steelers-Bengals. Huge game. But how big can a Week 1 game actually be? I mean, you can't win or lose the division. You can't win or lose a playoff spot. You can't punch your ticket and have a playoff berth in Week 1. The fact that it's a division game, well, that throws a wrench in things. And the Steelers are in a tough spot. You have a road trip again. What is this? The eighth straight year that they've started the season on the road. Another road trip. But it's not like last year where they played Buffalo in week one. Another road trip and you're going to Cincinnati. Joe Burrow and the boys who were the AFC representative in the Super Bowl last year didn't win it. It's a tough spot. I'd say it's equally as tough as last year's game in Buffalo. If not more difficult when it comes to familiarity the Steelers and the Bengals, they know each other very well. This is this is a game that is not the end of the world, though. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. This game, whether the Steelers win, lose, or draw, it is not the end of the world. If they win the game, that's great, riding high, but let's not forget they won the game last year, and that wasn't some precursor to them being world beaters in 2021. Likewise, if they lose this game on Sunday, it does not mean that they're going to be awful, they can't improve, and they're going to be destined for the the basement of the AFC North and the AFC. Big game. It is a big game. Not going to downplay that, but just keep everything in check. All right. The ride-or-die crew had a lot of questions. A lot of questions. So we're going to dive headfirst in the mailbag in the second half of the show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it's Wednesday, second half of the show. You know what that means. It is time for the mailbag. The ride or die crew, they always deliver. In case you're wondering how do I get my question answered, don't email me. Do not reach out on the website, like in a comment section. You have to follow me on Twitter. That's the letter J, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. That's J Hartman H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Follow me. And every Tuesday morning, early, and we're talking like 8 a.m., I will post the tweet with a GIF. We're using Caddyshack tweets right now. You reply to that, I'll answer the question. I even retweet it in the afternoon, so in case you missed it, you get a chance. So let's get this thing started with Heath Davis. He asked a couple questions. The first one, all right, Jeff, give it to me straight. Who do you think was the most nonsensical signing to the 53-man roster? Who is your least favorite signing, and who is your favorite? Okay, he said it can be a free agent, current players, rookies, undrafted, anything. So the most nonsensical signing to the 53-man roster. I'm going to have to go with the, the one of the most recent acquisitions in Jesse Davis. I guess for me, he and Joe Haig are like uh, clones. They're like the same guy. I just don't understand that acquisition at all. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with him. Now, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope Actually, I hope he doesn't even play. I hope that Jukes for and Dan Moore stay healthy. They play well. That's what I hope. But for this question, I'm going to have to go with Jesse Davis, the recent acquis- tra- trade acquisition, in fact. All right, Heath Davis says, question two. Give me your top five most hated players in AFC North history. Obviously, I mean players not on the Steelers, but if there is one you don't like, He said, cough, cough, LeGarrette Blunt. Feel free to throw them on. So there's not going to be any Steelers on this list. The top five most hated players in AFC North history. Now, I have not thought about this, but I'm going to give them to you in no particular order except for number one. Number one will, in my opinion, will always be number one. So I'm going to go with Terrell Suggs, as I used to call him, the horse face killer. (laughs) Because, I don't know, the dude's just not an attractive man. We'll put it that way. But still... Terrell Suggs, he was a great player and he tormented the Steelers for a long time, but I could not stand him. Second is going to be Ray Lewis, another great player, but at the same time, when he was playing against those Steelers teams, he was always a pain in their rear end, so I'm going to go with Ray Lewis number two, plus the way he kind of showboated. What he broke Rashard Mendenhall's sh- shoulder. I mean, come on. I got to do as a rookie. And boy, was that taken out of context, uh, what Mendenhall tweeted, one of his old, his college teammates who was playing for Baltimore. Uh, number three, um, I'm trying to think of, I- I'm actually going to go with a-, a current player for number three, or the third player on the list. And that is Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, I cannot stand the guy. I, I think he's pompous. I think that he feels like he is the best there is. And... I just cannot, I can't stand it. I cannot stand it at all. Number four, Adam Pac-Man Jones, for obvious reasons, he was, he was that guy that would just jaw and jaw and jaw and jaw, and, jaw and you just never, you just, he's like that little yappy dog behind the fence, you know, where he just jaw jaw jaw, 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 and then eventually you get behind the fence, and then he doesn't do anything. But the number one, you could rank those however you want, but the number one guy, the most hated AFC North rival, but out of doubt, will always be number one, and it's one of the reasons why I love Juju Smith-Schuster, even for this one play, was Vontez Burfecht. I have never hated another player as much as I hated Vontez Burfecht when he was playing for the Cincinnati Bengals. He was atrocious, and he was dirty, and he was just Horrible. Just horrible the way he played the game. He's number one. Good question. I like this. All right, Southside Doc or Doc M says, regarding the offensive line, how much improvement can reasonably be expected over the course of a season? Does scheme mask undesirable traits or rather strengthen good ones? So how much improvement can be reasonably expected? I think you can expect a reasonable amount of uh, improvement, especially if you have new faces across the board. The Steelers have that. Whether you're talking about Dan Moore in year 2, whether you're talking about Mason Cole, new team, whether you're talking about James Daniels, new team, or Pat Meyer, new team, new scheme, new philosophy. When you look at it that way, I absolutely think that our improvement could be noticeable throughout the year. Does the scheme mask undesirable traits? I think it depends on the scheme if I'm being honest. And Mike Tomlin said that that is a position that they really need to gel and they need to get it done sooner rather than later. All right, next question is from Will Caldwell. He asked several questions. Let me see if I can find the other ones here. He said, hey, Jeff, which depth chart position is the bigger surprise to you, Jalen Warren before Benny Snell or Mark Robinson before Marcus Allen? Which one of the two excites you more? Any more thoughts on the depth chart? Well, I talked a lot about the depth chart uh, in regards to the snafu, But I'm going to say Jalen Warren over Snell is more surprising, and it's also more exciting. Uh, I'm excited to see what this young guy can bring. I think it's going to be really, really good. Next one from Will. Hey, Jeff, second question. With the announcement of Franco Harris's jersey number, if you had to make a recommendation to the Steelers to retire four more jerseys, two on defense and two on offense, who would you recommend? So they're going to retire two more jerseys on offense, two more on defense. I'm going to go with Jack Lambert on defense and man, this is tough. Another one on defense to retire. Let's go to offense. I'll go Mike Webster on offense. I think that's, I think that would be a good call. And so if I'm thinking back to defense, well, maybe Jack ham. Okay. There's another one. And those numbers have not been circulated really a lot. Anyways, doing another one on offense I would really consider a more modern player. They would never do it, but someone like Jerome Bettis, he or or yeah, or yeah, not. I think I think Bettis would be the best possible one. But if you want to go with another offensive lineman, you could certainly. So that's a tough question, but that's a really good question too. Thank you, Will. Last one from Will. He said, "Last question for me. What are your thoughts on Ben Roethlisberger's new podcast? I know it's him staying out of the. It's not him." Staying out of the picture, but it's a friendly environment and can be edited post-production to admit something he might have said that he would have otherwise regretted. So I did not see or hear all of this. I did see snippets of it. Um, The guy Spence, I think is what he calls himself, who's kind of the hosting the show. I I, want to make something clear. If Ben Roethlisberger is just doing a podcast and talking about football, I'll tune in and listen. I still like Ben Roethlisberger. I just think that sometimes he just puts his foot in his mouth with the Steelers. He gives his opinions on things that maybe he should just say, let's move on to the next question. But hey, what I saw seemed pretty interesting. I might check it out one of these days when I have time. Okay, Believers said, Warren, uh, I know you don't get into jerseys too much. But I need to retire my 13-year-old Big Ben jersey and look to get a new one. I was thinking of a throwback like Merrill Hodge. Anyone? Any other listeners have any suggestions or good ideas? I'm 42, so prefer someone from that time period on. Well, you could go a number of routes. If you're if you're looking for someone that's a little bit older, I'm I'm more of a guy that's trying to find a more modern jersey. So good luck with that. I mean, I'm I'm not. I don't even know if I'm going to get another jersey. We'll see. Uh, He asked another question, Warren leapfrogged Snell to number two on the running back depth chart. Does this make you expect a heavy dose of Najee, much like Tomlin has used running backs in the past? On the same lines, are there any other surprises to you? So I I think Jalen Warren's going to be used sparingly. Don't expect him to come in and have a huge workload. Najee Harris is still going to be the guy. Mike Tomlin's still going to have his workhorse running back. We know that. Make sure you just temper your expectations for Jalen Warren. Now with Jalen Warren, I think when he does get in there, if he's moving and grooving, then they're going to let him go. So we'll see. But other than that, any other surprises, not really. Check out the 53-man, I'm sorry, not the 53-man roster, the depth chart podcast that I did with Dave Schofield that was on our audio podcast side. That was on Monday. Yes, I think it was. Monday afternoon evening, something like that. Okay. Next question, let's go to Tank. Tank says, with the receivers listed as Johnson, Pickens, and Claypool in the slot, do you think the offense now will scare opponents, or do you think they'll need a couple 40-yard bombs to get that? I think that this the defenses that face the Steelers are looking at, hey, you're going to have to beat us. We know what you did last year. We think you're going to do the same thing, so you're going to have to beat us. You're going to have to put the ball up over top of us, and that's what they're going to have to do, and until they do that, It's going to remain the same. But once they do, it should open everything up, and that should be very exciting. Next one from Tank. Now that Snell is not number two, do you think Najee gets more rest during games, or do you think they'll ride him until the wheels fall off? Not your hopes, your thoughts. I think that Najee's going to have a similar workload. That's just my thought. I think that they're going to still utilize him a lot. I think that ultimately Najee Harris is the guy. They have Warren. They they like him. Obviously, they like him. But Najee's the guy, and Mike Tomlin does not do a running back by committee. Never has, probably never will. Two more from Tank Jeff. Now that the final roster, the roster is final. Are you happy the Steelers don't have to play the guessing games? I mean, we'll still play the guessing games. We'll always play the guessing games, and you're going to have people think back to. When Quincy Roche was drafted in the sixth round, and, and he, they thought they were going to be able to slide him onto the practice squad, and he didn't, the Giants picked him up, and then they went with Jameer Jones, and then they let Jameer Jones go, and Jameer Jones gets picked up off waivers, and it is literally, that's that's ongoing with Steeler fans, it never ends. He said, uh, Tank says, do you think the Mason listed as number two is a thing to try and get more than a seventh for him in the trade market? Well, obviously, we know that if that was the ploy, it didn't work, because He is still on the team, and he is uh, obviously quarterback three. So that question was obviously before the update happened. Corey Eckenrod said, glad I waited till after Tomlin's presser. Mason Rudolph inactive on Sunday is surprising. Pittsburgh usually rolls with three quarterbacks on game day. Not really, but still. Okay. (laughs) Question one, why do you think they changed the trend? Uh, they don't normally dress three quarterbacks. I, I can't tell you the last time they dressed three without an injury. So no, none of the quarterbacks are injured. Therefore it wouldn't be smart to dress three. Number two, are you on board with Warren as running back two with shades of Maweldy Moore? I think that that's a really good comparison, except Warren, in my opinion, is more athletic. He's faster. He brings more uh, options to the team. So if you're comparing him to Maweldy Moore, I think it's Maweldy Moore plus. That's a good comparison to have because I think Maweldy Moore is really good, a very underrated player in Steelers history b selfridge asked three questions what's your prediction for the week one final score well b selfridge you're gonna have to listen on friday i'm not giving out that right now second question so you think mason will try to request a trade before the trade deadline or just ride it out and hit free agency next year i think mason rudolph right now if i'm looking at if i'm his agent i'm telling him just be patient just be patient an injury could happen Two, more than one injury could happen. The offensive line's not that great, or at least they aren't right now. And if you do nothing this year, you're still going to be healthy, you're still going to be young, and there's going to be teams that are going to want an experienced player to come in and maybe vie for an actual starting job. So in that regard, just sit tight. But if they can get a trade, work a trade. We'll see. Next question. So you think uh – I'm sorry. If – Mitch starts for the whole season. Would you say over under 3,800 yards and 24 touchdowns? I'll take the over. I will take the over. The touchdowns. I'm kind of, I kind of hedged that bet a little bit. I definitely would take the over. The 3,800. That's just how I think it's going to go. So, all right. Next question from Amanda Ullman. Do you think Pickett being listed as number three has anything to do with fans not being able to clamor for him and game? if Mitch has a bad quarterback, half Pickett somewhat avoids pressure of coming in and being a savior. You know, before the update, and I know this question came early in the morning, uh, great question, Amanda. Thank you very much. I, I don't think that played into it, but that's going to happen. I think whether Kenny Pickett is dressed or not, let's say he was the number three quarterback and Mason and Mason Rudolph is dressed and Mitch is struggling you're gonna hear Kenny Chance, whether he's dressed or not. You'll hear Kenny Chance. That's gonna happen no matter what. So it's kind of it kind of comes with the territory where they are right now as an organization. Aiden Blaine, he says, "Hey Jeff, do you have any traditions for the first dealer's game of the year?" Good question, Aiden. And the answer is, not really. Um, the first game of the year sometimes that's tough. If it's really nice weather, sometimes I find myself looking outside and I'm stuck inside at one o'clock. I love watching the games, but sometimes when the weather is so great, you're just like, man, I could, I could be golfing or could be outside with the kids or something like that. But no, I really don't have any traditions. I get set up. I normally sit in the same chair watching the game. We only have one TV in the house. So uh, the options, there's no man cave or anything. I just sit at the television, watch it, report it, and then Rinse and repeat next week. All right. Last question here from Doug Peterson with a finalized 53 man roster. How many wins do you expect the Steelers to get? Okay, Doug. Thanks for the question. I appreciate it. That's a really tough answer uh, based on the fact that you know, yeah, the roster set, but we don't know how the offensive line is going to gel or anything like that. So for me, I'm going to say that I definitely think it's the over on the on the, on the seven and a half. That is the line that Vegas has set. Seven and a half wins. I still think that's the over, and I still think the ceiling. If the team plays well, the offensive line gels, they're moving the ball, offensively scoring points, the defense, they're doing their thing, then I absolutely think they could be a double-digit win team. I do. That's the ceiling. Keep that in mind. All right, folks. That does it for me. Ride or die, crew, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I want to, you know, you all are with all the news and craziness today, you still made it a point to chime in and ask those questions, and I, I appreciate every single one of you. My elite ride-or-die crew, we'll call it that. So be on the lookout on Friday. I'm going to have the podcast that's going to get you geared up. We're going to have Jerome, Jeremy Betts for the All Bets Are Off segment in the second half. That parlay for DraftKings Sportsbook is going to be coming at you. Game picks, all that stuff. Getting you ready for week one. That's going to be happening on Friday. In the meantime, make sure you check out all of our podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, like the Steelers Stat Geek coming up Thursday morning with Dave Schofield, as well as all of our noon shows and our PM shows. You don't want to miss a thing, so make sure you're subscribed and following whatever you have to do. You know how we finish it out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. And we'll see you on Friday. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.